Thank you for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast where me and Pat are going to talk about the U.S. Open. We're going to get all into the Bryson stuff. I'm going to actually say something nice about Bryson. I'm going to say a couple things nice about Bryson. Hot Bryson takes, U.S. Open recap. We're going to spend a little more time on that than normal. We are going to get into the Corrales Punta Cana Championship 2020, give you our favorite picks, our guys to avoid, guys you shouldn't pay up for that we think are overpriced in both the DFS and sports betting market. This episode is presented to you by our friends at HolisticWellness.com. These are unprecedented times. We're all adapting to a new normal, and Holistic Wellness has a CBD product like none other, targeted at stress and sleeplessness that we all face, and other key areas like recovering from long rounds on the golf course, drinking too much if you're Pat, or digestion if you're old like Pat for that early tea time after a big dinner the night before. HolisticWellness.com is where you need to go. That's Holistic with a K, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K. Promo code TJ25 gets you 25% off any order. You pick your sticks of CBD, you pop it, you pour it into any beverage, literally any beverage, and then you stir it with the same stick, hot or cold beverage, doesn't matter. The water-soluble CBD acts very fast. It's all natural. It's a fantastic product. We've been using it for a few weeks now, and we thoroughly enjoy it. So visit HolisticWellness.com, Holistic with a K, enter promo code TJ25 for 25% off any of their products available at HolisticWellness.com. Let's get into it. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a lap, sip some rose with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. Man. Man, so many sponsors. Whew. So many sponsors. Um, I'd first like to thank uh, Apple AirPods. Uh, I'd like to thank um, Showpony. Uh, I'd like to thank the. Uh, I'd like to thank Yeti uh, microphones. I'd also like to thank. Um, Private label master shirt for this. I'd like to thank um, Wild Leap Brewing Company, Fantasy National Golf Club. I'd like to thank Holistic Wellness CBD. I'd like to thank um, Chill Boys. I'd like to thank. Uh, help me, help me. Uh, I'll I'll thank um, uh, boxed wine. Um, black yes. box black box wine. I'll yeah, thank Haynes. Yeah. Haynes boxers. Um, Ooh, that could be a conflict of interest, though. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. 47 Georgia Bulldog hats. I, I would like to thank um, Sock Fancy for our TJ socks. Yes. And you just threw out some on cloud shoes. Yep. Those are my workout shoes. I'd like to thank, mm-hmm. I like to thank my trainer. I, I'd really like to thank my trainer, actually. Cade, if you're out there, thank you for this. Um, I'd like to thank Zoom for making this possible youtube apple um am i forgetting anyone i don't want to forget anyone i'd like to think that um that guy in college that basically taught me how to drink and like hold you know like, like just drink a lot and stuff like i think that guy because like he really he really helped you know make me successful to the 
you know, like you thank your trainer. I, that's like kind of like my trainer. So I'll thank. <laughs> Who was him. that guy, by the way? Tell me about. Tell me more about. There's that. a lot of. It was like a, it was like a team of guys. Really, it was a team of people. I had a team around me. I want to thank my team. Uh, all those guys uh, in college. That you know, it was. It was uh, they got me to where I am today, and I can't thank them enough. I'd like to thank the YouTube viewers, the YouTube live viewers. Um, I'd like, I'd like to thank them. Uh, let's see. Let me just scroll here. Uh, Josh Kistler, imagine that. Marcus Miklovich, imagine that. Marcus Griffin, imagine that. Steve Tamag, Tamag Tam, Stevie T, my, my man, my main man. Glad you're on here. Thank you mm-hmm. to you. Oh, we forgot mm-hmm. to thank God. Thank you. Thank you, um, God. Um, and, um, thank, oh yeah. Whoever did these back banners, uh, photo pie. Thank you to PhotoPie for these. Thank you to Ware Stewart for designing these. Uh, thank you to Golby. Um, hmm. Thank you to Ryan Co- Cother, who's just joined on YouTube. Thank you to the listener. Thank you to you. You know what? We want to thank you. If you're, if you're not able to watch this, we want to thank you. Thank you to Bryson DeChambeau for inspiring us. Yeah. To thank so thank you, people. DB. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, I yeah. Think... oh, yeah. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Mm. Man. Thanking people's hard work, I, 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 um, I, I should Bryson do that more often. Bryson knows how to do it well. He's very good at it. He's got he a does. lot of sponsors. A lot of sponsors make it really tough, man, when you have so many sponsors to go down. down. Uh, but anyway, hey, welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. We just, you know, we chose to start this thing really weird and just copy Bryson at his, at his press conference. And uh, you know what? We're going to talk, talk about the U.S. Open because, you know, no one else is talking about it, you know? I mean – whole world's just waiting on us to to kind of give our yeah. takes but frankly like even if you don't want to hear any more about it we want to talk about it because it's fun to talk about so you know me and pat haven't really had a chance to debrief on a lot of things on the u.s open so it's it's therapy for us if you're just joining the tour junkies podcast normally we don't spend any time recapping the tournament prior we used to we used to do that we used to do that for a long time and then we did a survey of some listeners and most of the listeners are like, Hey man, we don't care about what's in the past. Let's get to the future. But tonight we're going to talk about the past and we're going to talk about the future. Uh, we're going to break down the golf course at uh, Corrales Punta Cana, Dominican Republic the PGA tour event going on uh, this week. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about DraftKings picks, fades, sleepers, what to do with Willie Z at the top. Uh, we're going to talk about some betting. Um, I've got a, a, a handful of guys, actually more than a handful. I want to talk to you about Pat. Um, I've done some price, some price checking. I've seen prices already get shorter today. Um, as I've been watching those, those, the betting market there. We're going to talk about what it's going to take to win at Corrales, but you know what? The U S open was a big deal. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Bryson, Pat. Let's talk about Bryson. I, I would like to open up the floor. I have a handful of things that, uh, you know, I want to talk about. First of all, you know, the lead-in with the sponsor rant at the, at the trophy ceremony was, um, you know, I mean, what a guy. You know, if you're looking to sponsor somebody and you got deep pockets, Bryson just sold himself to you. You know, yeah. the very first thing he said at the trophy presentation, um, the very first thing he said opening up his, his press conference at the end, Great, you know, big sponsor guy, and he's got a lot of them. He's 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 done the Instagram tour. Now we've been blocked by Bryson, which hey, hey, good on hey, congratulations on being blocked by a U.S. Open champion, huh? That's I don't think something we should be. Yeah, I'm glad I about that. Yeah, I'm not sure we've ever been blocked by a, a major champion before. 
um, it's which is a, pretty cool. It's, it's a feather in our cap. Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of it, but I did go on my personal Instagram and look him up. He's already gone through the world tour on Instagram as well. Thanking Cobra, Puma, Bridgestone, Veritex Bank, Rolex, Bentley Motors. He likes that one. Sick Putters, Flight Scope Golf, Bose, NetJets, S&P Americas, Drinker Gain, and Jumbo Max Grips. Um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, yeah, there's more. High Definition Golf, NetJets, Grey Goose, LA Golf Shafts, Oars and Alps, Trump, Trump Golf. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He's going to get canceled. Muscle activation techniques. I forgot to thank them. I forgot to thank muscle activation techniques. I don't know myself. who that is, but I'm um, – yeah. And then all of his coaches, trainers, uh, all that. So, yeah, anyway, that was that. Other than that, where do you want to start, Pat? Where do you want to start with, with Bryson? You know what? I'll start with this. You got to hand it to him on Sunday. I mean – he came through and won the damn tournament. I mean, everybody else was going backwards. He was, I believe he's the only player under par, right? I think he was the only player under par on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, shoots three under. Just kind of in dominating fashion. I think once he kind of got that two to three shot lead, it was sort of just easy for him at that point. He obviously had much more experience down the stretch than a guy like Matthew Wolf does. Um, so I'll give, I'll start with giving him a little bit of credit. I mean, you got to give the guy a little bit of credit. He won that Dagum tournament. It wasn't given to him. Uh, and it was horrible to watch. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish it had gone a lot differently, but I got to give him a little bit of credit. Um, I think, you know, you and I and Ben have texted back and forth today some about Bryson. You know, of course, Ben comes in early this morning. Uh, with the stats and actually how, you know, everybody talked about how he just overpowered this course and blah, 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 blah. But actually there was a lot of other things he did well too. If you look back at his stats approach, you know, his putting, his scrambling, everything was, was really good outside of, he did just bomb it around the course, but he didn't lead the field in strokes gained off the tee. I believe, right. It was Rory. He did not. Rory, Rory led the field. So it's not like it, you know, it's, it was, I mean, it was a game changer for him, but regardless, um, I think I was, uh, I don't know. I was just hoping for more of a, a more dramatic finish. I wanted Rory to try to make a run. I thought Matthew Wolf would hang in there and he did. And you saw that Eagle put on nine, you know, right after Bryson, yeah, that freaking was, that Bryson was yeah. making that other eagle putt i thought maybe we're gonna see a a good kind of back nine stretch but we just didn't it didn't happen but um i like wingfoot i think wingfoot is a really good u.s open venue uh it was it was obviously extremely difficult you know there was some talk on the first day after the scores were so low that was oh god here we go again we're gonna get another u.s open course it's gonna be easy for these guys and then bam the USGA and Wingfoot just hits them in the face every single day after that. Like, I think there were what? There, there couldn't have been more than a dozen rounds under par after Thursday. I mean, I think Saturday, Saturday was, was a little, little better. Yeah. Saturday was a little better. But I really like Wingfoot as a U.S. Open venue. I think that was cool. Um, my other thought is I think Phil Mickelson's done as far as competing in any sort of major – on the PGA tour uh, outside of the masters. I do think he can compete in the masters because he can spray it all over the place. 
He's got the, you know, he's still got that imagination around the greens. And, you know, we saw like a guy like Fred Couples, um, you know, compete at the Masters for a long, long time after he was, he was, you know, got older and, and things like that. But I think, I think it was sort of sad to see what happened to Mickelson on, you know, Wingfoot just, it just killed him. And uh, so I think that was a, a take that I have. All right, I'm going to stay on Bryson um, for a minute. I don't want to jump all over the place right now. We'll get to that. Well, I mean, you just like to talk about Bryson, but I mean, I mean, God, like, we, there's a lot can only to hate on him so much. I'm not going to hate on him. There's a lot to say. I, and I do want to say this. I want to say this. I want to say a couple things up front. Go on the record here. I, David, I, David Barnett, whatever, however it goes. I, David Barnett. I think you just raise your hand in the, in the air. Like, okay. you don't have to, like, do, like, a weird signal or anything gang signs i forgot i went back uh, i david barnett do believe and 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 like bryson for the game of golf okay golf needs bryson golf needs bryson to continue being weird and to have zero self-awareness and to keep breaking the matrix and to keep being being Bryson. Golf needs that. We need that. I, I need that. So I'll say that right off the bat. Number number two thing I will say, hand race. I, David Barnett, do give Bryson all the credit, all the credit for saying he was going to do something different, executing it, and delivering with authority. Don't hate him for it mad respect for it um and it's it is literally the first real game-changing thing that i've seen since tiger since tiger hitting the gym you know like there's been nothing that has transcended or could potentially transcend the way people approach the game of golf more so than what bryson has done mad respect total props uh, the he hand totally, comes down. <laughs> he totally deserved to win Wingfoot. A hundred percent deserved to win Wingfoot. Oh, I'll say this too: we completely missed him. We completely missed him. The tour junkies oh, yeah. HQ completely whiffed on Bryson DeChambeau for the week. Were we alone? No, we were not. That's not an excuse, but we were not alone. To Pat's point, statistically, he had an all-around insane week which is great like that's why he won by as many shots as he won by and uh, on a tough golf course he could have one of ben's favorite stats this that he passed out this morning is that he could have won wing foot having gained zero strokes off the tee um so he could have been flat even zero strokes off the tee and he still would have won wing foot uh he he finished 18th in putting third in strokes gained around the green, first in strokes gained approach, and second in strokes gained off the tee for the week. Now, the outliers there over what he's been doing would be the approach play and the around the green play. Listen, the other thing that he's done is is also he's found a putting technique that has paid off big time for him. I mean, like the arm lock style that he's using, he is putting amazingly before Wingfoot. So mm-hmm. you can, you know, you talk about the hitting it long and swinging hard and all that. It's great, but don't forget how good he's putted lately. Um, but the the wedge play and the iron play has been the bugaboo, 
And, and that's what everybody was like, well, that's what you're going to have to do well at Wingfoot. You're going to have to get up and down because you're going to miss greens. You're going to have to hit these greens. And he did. First in, or I'm sorry, third in strokes gained around the green. I looked, I looked to the beginning of 2019, just for reference. Since the beginning of 2019, we have 36 events where we have strokes gained data. 36. In five of those 36 events, he has gained as many strokes around the green as he did this week. This, so this was, this was one of six in the last 37 events where he's gained as much around the greens as he did here. Similarly, on approach, he's only done it 11 times. In, in the last 36 events, he's done it 11 times, gained as many strokes uh, with his irons and on approach as he did this week. Those, are, those were the two outliers that all came together this week to give him the week that he had. He was 6% owned in the $100 millimaker on DraftKings. In the, one, of the larger head, uh, one of the larger stakes, uh, you know, small, small entry tournaments on DraftKings, the $3,180 entry 19th hole. He was 3% owned. So the, the, you know, the whales, the, the sharp money paying $3,200 $3, to play in a DraftKings contest uh, were half as scared to pick him as they were in the $100 milli. He was 3% owned. He was faded almost everywhere. I think Jeff Feinberg got him. Props to Jeff. He, he's, he loves Bryson and, and good on him. Um, but it, nobody thought he was going to be able to do this. I think we definitely learned something from this that I know Phil pointed out on Instagram, and I think everybody listening needs to file this away for future tournaments. Did you see the thing that Phil said about why he was able to play this golf course so well from the rough? I did, I did not see that, actually, but I have a guess as to what he would have thought. But Well, do you want to give a guess and then – You'd be wrong, or do you want to give a guess and maybe be right? You take the chance. It's up to you. I can, I can, I can give a guess and, okay, and probably guess. be wrong. I don't, I don't mind that. <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't want to. No, I mean, I think if as far as he's hitting the ball, well, outside of strength being the fact that he's so strong that he can just like get it out of the rough, like we'll throw that out the window. I think if you are playing in deep rough with a, you know, a club like a nine iron or a pitching wedge or, or an eight iron even that he can just bomb anyway, I think you've got a much better chance of holding the green and staying on the green than you do if you're further back and you're hitting a four or five iron or a six iron even out of the rough. I feel like that's the advantage that you have by just being able to bomb it as far as he can and staying somewhat online, like not going into the trees and crap, but at least he's got that more lofted club to be able to get it up higher and then hold the green. That, that would be my guess as to what Mickelson may have said. Yeah, and that's accurate, but that's not what he said. I mean, we, all, we already kind of knew that, right? What Mickelson said that I don't think we think about enough is he said the reason it worked at Wingfoot is because you have the run-ups to these greens. There's no mm – -hmm. There's no, there's no forced carry into the greens. So when you have a turn, when you have a, a, a course that doesn't have all that severe back to front slope where they built in a lot of run-ups to go up to the green, where if you, if you fell short, if you didn't, if you didn't fly it far enough on the green, the ball's going to roll all the way back in the fairway. You have to chip up that that gave him the advantage because he could, he didn't have to carry anything. He just had to get a, a lofted club out of the rough, let it hit in front, tumble a little bit. He could play that. He could play that way. 
instead of having to land it somewhere, carry, you know, traps or, or whatever, and then have it land soft and stick, which I think is something for us to think about as we handicap courses from here on out. And frankly, I didn't hear anyone talking about that with Wingfoot. So we missed it. Sounds like everybody else missed it. But of note, you know, when we have a, a place like this where all everybody's talking about is how thick the rough is and how you got to hit fairways, you got to hit fairways, you got to hit fairways. If, if guys have the ability to run the ball up the greens, you know, that's something to think about. And Bryson said it himself, too. He said, you know, this place actually being as narrow as it was, everybody was going to miss them. So I may as well hit driver, which he said he was going to do early in the week. You know, but, but then you had other guys like Gary Woodland, you had Tiger, you had Justin Thomas, you had all these guys talking in their press conferences and say, no, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm in the fairway. But Bryson said he was going to do it, and he did. He hit 23 fairways, the fewest ever in history for a U.S. Open winner, and it was the lowest overall fairway hit percentage in U.S. In US Open history. Lowest fairway hit percentage in U.S. Open history. So when everybody's missing them, you know, being the longest guy out and being able to do what you just yeah. said, Hack it out with a nine iron instead of a six iron is definitely an advantage. Um, so, you know, I, I got to give him all the props. I still can't stand the guy. Any, I mean, I, from a personality standpoint, can't stand him. But I am going to soak up the content that's going to come out of this. The, the the added press, the 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 bigger head is the head is going to continue to evolve. He's he's going to be like the you remember the old. Uh, <laughs> This just popped in my head. You remember the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain, the brain? Yes, I do. That's, <laughs> that's Bryson. It's just like a floating brain and a big old big brain. It's it, no body. It's just gonna be just gonna be a big. His head's gonna be so big. Even that big body of his, you're not gonna be able to see. Um, and it's only gonna get worse now that we're coming up on the Masters, which he's gonna be. You know, I haven't even looked at the the updated odds for the Masters, but I'm sure he's gonna be. He's the favorite now. If he's not, he should be, and he's gonna be the favorite for the Masters again in April. Um, so, did you see his have a, quote about what he wants to do before Augusta? I don't even know if I want to hear it. So, someone asked him. They first of all, they said, for the record, what's your height and weight? He said, I'm six one. 230 to 235 he fluctuates and he said but he wants to get to by masters 245 he said i, I want to try to gain 15 more pounds pack it on i think i can do it it's going to be hard i think i can do it i want to pack on 15 more pounds keep pushing it there is going to come a point where i'm going to peak and i can't i can't go further but i think i could get 245 continue swinging harder uh by the time we get to November, I'm wondering if he thinks he can get any taller. Like I would love to see if he can try to make himself taller. I was just about to ask that. Does he think he can gain? Then he can get a, 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 a longer swing arc, more speed. Yeah. If he gets taller, maybe maybe he shows up at the Masters like six four, two two forty five. That could be cool. I I would give him props for that. Yeah, but that's he what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. Um, we actually just worked to de- worked to deal with our friends over at Points Bet. Um. And I'll tweet out the link or put it on Instagram or something if you want. But if you're in New Jersey or Illinois, I think, and you want to place a bet on a parlay of Bryson winning the Masters in November and the Masters in April, got to win both. Uh, they're giving you 90 to 1. I think that's pretty decent. Yeah. 
it's not it's it's not great but anyway it's a fun it's a fun bet yeah it's i mean i don't bet. i don't think it's if you bad. sign up using promo code tj250 sign up using promo code tj250 got to be in new jersey got to be in illinois points bet tj250 you can hit that uh that bryson 90 to 1 to win both masters it's going to be interesting i mean i'm telling you for him to for him to be able to do what he did at wingfoot it's going to be easier at augusta way easier it's going to be hard to fade him that week, too. And I'm going to want to. It's going to be impossible to fade him. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, I, I got I to give him props for the, the Saturday evening range session. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I just don't – I just think the guy – I would not – I just feel like I wouldn't want to be his friend, right? He just would be – he'd just be a self-absorbed, high and mighty, but also, like – lacking complete self-awareness guy but i gotta give him props for working as hard as he does he, go, he talks about going to the range putting in the hour saturday night to figure something out with the driver for the next day so he could hit it straighter like props to him can't believe he didn't thank the range attendant in his speech for letting him out there in the evening and going and shagging yeah. all the balls or being out there while he's hitting it but he did that like i props to him so i wonder what he's gonna do with the two million he's got no he's got no woman you can't find a trace of a girlfriend on him. Uh, no kids. No, not. I don't think he has many friends. Uh, maybe the foreplay guys. Um, but other than that, like, what's he going to spend the money on? What What is What is Bryson? He, he doesn't need a car. He's got Bentley. He doesn't need AirPods. He's got Bose. He doesn't need a, a watch. He's got some watch thing. What is he going to buy? What is he going to buy with all the money that he gets from all the sponsors that I don't are? Know. Like, it's like you think about, like, after you win something like that. All right, so, like, if DJ wins something like that, let's, like, let's talk about single DJ. Like, he's buying a lot of, like, strippers and blow and stuff. But, like, you know, Bryson's probably got – he's, like, back, like instead of, like, strippers and stuff, he's probably – like, there's, he's, he's finding, like, all guys like him. He's going he's gonna to, like, pay for, like, ten guys around him to be, like he, – he's going to go out and they're just all going to, like – love on some Bryson, you know, because he doesn't like, have a girlfriend or anything. They're just going to, like, be, you know, just a bunch of douchebags that he can hang around. That's So, what Jersey Shore guys? Like, I kind of picture Jersey Shore guys. No offense to New Jersey listeners. I, I picture, like, the Jersey Shore guys. Like, he's going he's gonna to scrounge up a bunch of Jersey Shore boys. Hmm. They're, they're, all, they're all meatheads. They're all going to go. Except, they, except he doesn't drink. Like, what's he going to do? He's going to go order a, a white Russian sans alcohol every time they go out to, to a bar? He doesn't drink anything. Bar, like, have a beer. Drink a yeah, beer that's... out of the freaking trophy. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't think of anything else that he would buy. Because, like, again, like, he, he has every – he's going to buy something that would just be so out. Like, like he, he's probably going to, like, say, I'm going to build a new workout facility in my house or something. Like, that's what well, I, I, I feel like he's going to start his own, uh, like, equipment line, like, work, like fitness line. He's going to start his own – like fitness equipment, Bryson stuff with his little outline of his face and goofy hat. I don't know, man. I don't know what he could do, but I mean, because again, very little friends. He doesn't have a lot. So, um, you know, other than that, I mean, listen, I got to take a, a quick victory lap just for Ben Little as he's listening on Patrick Reed. I have to, I have to do that. I was banging the Patrick Reed drum on the podcast Sunday night we recorded in all my articles in the nut hut 
and me and Ben are firing off texts back and forth on, on Tuesday night, I think it was. And I knew the chalk bomb was going to be Patrick Reed. Chalk bomb comes out. Who is it? It's Patrick Reed. Me and Ben in the nut hut go back and forth, uh, you know, about Reed. I try to sell Reed. He tries to say very no uncomfortable, Reed. very uncomfortable, isn't very it? uncomfortable conversation. We get into it, but DB is right because you know what, Pat, Th- this used to happen all the time. When we first started out you used to be like, you know what, dude, it's not all, it's not always about stats. It's not always about, remember when I used to look at like apex height and, you know, uh, wild stats and I would just be stat man you'd be like it's not always about stats sometimes it's about the intangibles or like it's about your gut or whatever and and that stuff is still very true in golf and I just knew like I just knew it is the U.S. Open he is in his mind he is Captain America it is a major championship it is a it is being presented to everyone as a difficult task to conquer that only the best will be able to conquer Wingfoot. And he believes wholeheartedly he is the best. He's a grinder. And he did what grinders do. Now, he sucked on Saturday. He sucked on Saturday. He shot a back nine like 40-something. He was terrible. But a T-17, I think, is where he ended up. Um, despite this – the or T-13, one or the other. Despite that finish, he was sixth in DraftKings scoring. Sixth in DraftKings scoring at like his price of 80-something hundred dollars or nine, low nines or whatever he was. Got to take my victory lap. You know, the chalk bomb comes out, and, you know, a lot of times, I would say 85% of the time, I will either agree with Ben or I will read what Ben says and go, you know what, I'm going to flip-flop and I'm going to do what Ben is suggesting because Ben's a smart guy. 85% of the time, I agree with it, and, and more times than not, it pays off. If you play the chalk bomb, if you fade the chalk bomb every single week for the year, more times than not, it will very much pay off. This time, I stood my ground, and I'm proud of myself. F you, Ben. You just had to get that in there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, you know, we got Bryson wrong. Um, I got Reed right. We, we got Zalatoris right. We talked about Zalatoris as a top 10, top 20 bet. On this show, on uh, the DraftKings After Dark show, uh, he ends up finishing sixth. Fantastic finish for Will Zalatoris. Uh, the betting card, again, so close. My betting card, so close. Harris English at 90 to 1. Louis Oosthuizen at 100 to 1. Reed, before he crapped the bet on Saturday, at 60 to 1. All up on the betting card. So for like the second week in a row, um, last week we had, or the week before we had Harry Higgs runner up at hundred to one, the betting card is coming close. The, the hit is coming soon. And because it's a big balls betting card, it's going to be a big hit. So I'm pumped about that. I'm never going to bet somebody as short as Bryson was, so it's not going to happen. Um, other than that, we didn't, you know, the picks weren't bad on the show, but you know, we oh, faded we got, Bryson we got and that killed us. You, you liked Matt Wolf. Wolf. You yeah. Li- yep. You liked Matt Wolf. Um, but we both faded Bryson publicly on the show, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we felt like it was an easy fade. So. I know that was like the one that I was like, oh, I'm so comfortable with this. Anyway, yeah. Um, also, uh, Marcus says chicks say that I need to work on my apex height. That is that is probably true, Marcus. That's very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything else from the U.S. Open? I liked Wingfoot as well. Lovely course, great, great stuff. Anything else? I think that's it. I mean, Bryson's a story. I mean, he's a story, whether you like him or not. So, I'll give him one more piece of credit. As awkward as the interview, as the the call with his parents was, 
when he walked out of the scoring yeah thing yeah. it was very awkward yeah, I almost feel like we shouldn't hear that like why do we need to hear that if I if I'm the parent I don't like you wouldn't normally hear that conversation yeah that was kind of weird to me I didn't I, I didn't love I didn't love that if I'm the parent I would want that to be a moment between me and my son let me say what I need to say that the, the whole world doesn't need to hear that but anyway, it was it was awkward beside that. Like Bryson was like social distancing from the video screen. He was like 10 feet away. And then there were all these people around with masks on. It was just weird. But I will say he seemed extremely genuine and gracious to his parents, who I'm sure sacrificed a lot uh, for his growth and development in golf. And and as a as a father of someone who of a kid who likes to play golf, like I thought, man, that would be amazing to hear. What a what an amazing thing! And he and it gen it seemed genuine. And I was like, hey, stand up, move there, Bryson. You know, props to props to you for that, especially with everybody watching, because it should have been a private conversation. So that's it. That's all for me. I don't have anything else either. Yes, Open's <laughs> over. Yes, Open's over. On to the Masters. Yeah, but uh, we do have an opportunity this week, Pat. It is the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, 2020, from the Dominican Republic. It is normally an alternate event, but you know this this week it takes center stage, and we feel like it's a great opportunity to make some bets, have a little have a little leverage. You know, yeah. there's a lot of volatility in this. The field isn't very good, but. You know, a lot of a lot of different guys could win this tournament. Anybody could win this tournament, just about. So, um, I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about it. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit about this golf course in Punta Cana. Yes, center stage. That's a good way to put it. I guess. I guess it takes center stage. Well, it could still US be in to... center stage, just nobody's looking or paid to come. You know, yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody bought a ticket, but it's still center stage. All right. So let's talk about the course for the Corrales Championship. Yes, we are at Punta. Putacana, Putacana Resort and Club. Uh, it is a par 72 playing 7,666 yards. I don't like that number, 666. Interesting grass surface this week. We got Paspalum uh, grass, basically tea to green. So that's something that's interesting. And, you know, you, we don't typically see that except for when we get into these kind of warmer cli climate type, uh, golf courses. Um, it's a pretty easy course though. If you look at the last, um, four years, they've played events here. So two years they've had a PGA tour event, but before that it was a web.com event. It's played pretty easy. A lot of scoring. This is one of those resort style golf courses where, you know, they, this, this is like an amateur golf course. This is not set up to be a tournament-style, PGA Tour-style golf course. It's set up for guys that are coming there to play golf in a, in a resort and things like that. So it's a relatively easy golf course, but definitely playing pretty long when you look at that 7,666 yards. Um, but I'm looking at the scoring stats this week. I think that's going to be huge. Par 5 scoring is going to be one that I'm going to look at. Birdie or better percentage. Um, but if you look at it as far as the fairways and, you know, they're relatively easy to hit, greens are easy to hit, so not a whole lot there. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those courses that these guys are going to be able to just, just kill. They're going to score a ton on. Where there is defense, because it is a coastal-style course, is with the wind. 
And so if we do see that the wind is going to pick up a little bit, that could play, make it, you know, a little bit more difficult. But, you know, if you look at the past champs, we had Graham McDowell in 2019, Bryce Garnett in 2018, Nate Lashley was a web.com winner in 2017, and Dominic Bazzelli in 2016. Not necessarily known as, I mean, especially GMAC. They're not bombers, even though it's as long as it is. But there is a little bit of elevation. The ball does tend to travel a little bit more out there on this course. So it's not like, you know, I don't think you really have to be a bomber just because it's so long to farewell on this course. I think you just got to score. And you got to worry about the devil's elbow, DB, because those are the finishing three holes. And that's what they call it, the devil's elbow. And it's like supposed to be really hard because the devil's in the – and like if you – if the devil – is in the name of the finishing holes, that means it's difficult and out. evil. Yeah, and difficult. yeah, so that's important what? to know that you need to play the devil's elbow really good. Why is why is the elbow so scary? I don't why is know. it like the, the devil's uh like like the devil's is it is it because it's like bendy or something or it's like very pointy? Yeah, I think it's because it's, it's – Why like wouldn't it be a, like the like, devil's horn or – No, I know, but I think it's because it, like, finishes like an elbow. Like, it like uh, you can't – well, you listeners can't see what I'm doing. But it's yeah. like a pointy kind of deal. It's like a pointy, a bending end along the coastal uh, surfaces and uh, stuff. You so, know, I know, I know, like, when you get older, your elbows get pointier. I'm pretty sure that's science. Like, your ears mm-hmm. and your nose keep growing. Maybe it's just because the devil's so old. You know what I mean? Like, he's real old. I think he's pretty old. He's an old dude. So, his elbow is real pointy. Because old guys have real pointy elbows. Because you might run up on an old guy. Is my elbow getting more? It, I think it is. I think it's I think it's more pointy than it was when we started uh, Tour Junkies five years ago. Pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure. But, like, when I run up on an old guy sometimes, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I might want to fight this guy, you know, for whatever reason. Like, maybe he does something that, you know, he shouldn't do, or maybe, you know, what if he, what if he, you know, what if he thinks I'm trying to steal something or, and he wants to attack me? Like the first thing I know I got to do is neutralize the elbows. Cause if you don't neutralize a pointy elbow from an old man, yeah, your ass is grass. You know what I mean? So maybe that's why it is, which sounds well, intimidating. You know, Tom Fazio was the designer here and he was kind of an older guy too. Old guy. So maybe he started like looking at his elbow and he was like, yeah. That makes know, total this sense. Is a, this is a mean-looking elbow. Uh, yeah, that's anyway. why you don't see old people in UFC. That's why, because you can't. That's like bringing a. That's like having a like what you wouldn't let you wouldn't let like Conor McGregor have a spear in a in the octagon. So if he uh-huh. you let an old you let an older guy like maybe in his sixties come in there with his elbows, you you know you're not just gonna hurt somebody. Like you're gonna you're gonna kill somebody. You could kill somebody. Yeah, that's a good thought. I haven't really thought about that, but um, I have thought about the stats that I'm looking at this week. Oh, good. And, um, you know, there is a little bit of course history that we have over the last couple of years. Um, I'm looking at form for sure, um, just based off, you know, maybe the last few weeks, the safe way off the tee is a stat for me, but the scoring stats are really what I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on. Par five scoring, birdie or better percentage. These guys are going to have to take advantage of every opportunity they get on the, this course, uh, especially the front nine, which is gettable from on both par fives. So 
that's about it for me for the course preview. Any thoughts from what you've looked at? Great course preview, Pat. I, I echo, I echo your echo of, of, uh, everything. I too am looking at scoring, you know, does this person have the potential to go ridiculously low and win this thing at 20 under, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Can they, can they win it at 20 under par fives? I think are a big thing distance. I like distance, even though the, the four champions you mentioned, not long hitters at all. None of them really are long hitters at all. So I don't think it's required, but I like it Daddy likes, um, you know, I, I bet this field is a little stronger than we've seen in years past. Um, probably means there's a few more long hitters in play here. It sounds like it's, it is something though, where you just got to, the, the putter's got to get hot because everybody's going to get a, you know, hit the green yeah. regulation. You know, you got to hit it close. You got to get hot with the putter. So I don't know. I'm kind of looking all around ball strikers, scores, but I, I definitely am. You're going to see it in my picks. I mean, I'm leaning distance. So, um, and obviously if you're playing DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, ownership, 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 leverage is key. So all of our stats brought to you tonight by our friends at fantasynational.com slash TJ, our one-stop shop for uh, PJ Tour stats, PJ Tour stats, tournament history, recent finishes, recent results, strokes gain data, uh, a bunch of proprietary stats that you can't find anywhere else but, but Fantasy National. Um, you can have lineup, they have lineup builders, ownership projections, optimizers for, for DFS content. They have betting odds up there as well. Fantasynational.com is our one stop shop and has been for three years on the tour junkies podcast. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ today and sign up for a 20% off of any package that you pick weekly. You can do it weekly and just test it out, test the waters. You can do it monthly, or you can go ahead and pay up for the annual membership. Get a big break there. If you start off with the weekly membership to test it out, guess what? You can upgrade to the monthly and still get the 20% off if you go to fantasynational.com slash TJ or type in Tour Junkies with the promo code or the where did you hear about us kind of thing. So all the stats coming to you courtesy from Fantasy National. Appreciate those boys over there. Um, all right, let's get into it, Pat. We're going to talk DFS. We're going to talk DraftKings 9K and above range. We're going to give you three tournament plays that we like for GPPs uh, or large tournaments. We're going to give you a cash lock for head-to-heads, 50-50s and double-ups, and a fade. Pat, everyone in the chat on YouTube live seems to believe that you are going to be all over Willie Zalatoris. <laughs> so why don't you start and tell us first off your thoughts on Willie Zalatoris and if our YouTube viewers are in fact correct. So I will start, uh, and then I'm, I'm going to have to to run to get a quick refill. But I, I'll let you go. But I will start with Will Zalatoris, who I know everybody's going to talk about because he is the top priced guy this week at ten nine on DraftKings. And yes, I am going to play Mr. Will <laughs> Zalatoris. I don't care if it's a trap. I don't care what you say. The guy has been dominating the Web.com tour of the, all year long, or the Corn Fairy. Sorry, I can't. Still can't. Yeah. get corn fairy wrapped into my mind that I need to say that. Um, but he's been dominating this year. And, you know, we saw him play extremely well on a very tough course last week at the U S open. He's not phased by that anything as far as, you know, where he is and what is, you know, being on tour and, and, and everything else. I don't like, 
I would typically say, and actually before I even looked at pricing this week, I said it in my mind. I said, I'm not, one of the first things I'm going to say on the podcast when we get in the 9K above and above range is that I'm not going to be tempted to take anybody over 10K because this field is so weak and there could be, you know, there's so many different things that could happen that uh, I'm not going to take anybody over 10K. But I changed my mind. And I'm going to go with some Will Zalatoris. I like him this week. You look at the stats. He is great off the tee, great on approach. He checks the box in opportunities gain, which is a stat, you know, proprietary to Fantasy National. Uh, one of the things I looked at, and you hate, I know, but I like proximity this week on these easy greens where you got to be able to hit it close and give yourself scoring opportunities. So I like that. He's second in the field in proximity. So I will play. Zalatoris in DraftKings this week. He's a GPP play, by the way, for me, not a cash play. Okay. Okay. Next GPP play, I'm going to go all the way down to the bottom of the 9K range. And this is kind of a little bit of a gut a gut feel, but I'm going to Pat Perez at 9,100. Now, doesn't necessarily check the box off the tee, but he's 18th mm. in the field in strokes gained approach. Checks the box and opportunities gained, birdie or better percentage, par five scoring, proximity. We saw him play pretty well uh, last week. Where was he last week? I think he was a top 15 finish. Yeah, he was um, T9 last week, or two weeks ago, sorry, at the Safeway Open. Uh, I think Pat Perez could be a good kind of turn. This feels like, you know, him down in the Dominican Republic, he's just like kind of, you know, just sort of, you know, Robin. Having a good time, whatever. I don't. I just he think it's hair, a, though. You think he can still play with his haircut? I don't know. It's like Samson. I think he can. So I like some Pat Perez, and then I like Denny McCarthy at ninety six hundred. I think he is a good play this week as well. You look at the stats for him. He is. Let's go across the board. He's twenty fifth in strokes gained approach, fifty first in opportunities gained. He's second in the field in birdie or better percentage, and twenty third in par five scoring. I like some Denny McCarthy. I think that's a good price also for him at 9,600. Um, I know he missed the cut at the Safeway, but was playing pretty well up, you know, before that with a top 10 finish at the Wyndham, T49 at the Northern Trust. But I, I think Denny McCarthy is, is – this is a good week for him. So, I like, I like him at 9,600. My cash play is Adam Long at 9,900. I think he's another guy that is just sort of class of this field. I mean, look, you know – this is a, not a great field, but he's a guy that, I mean, you look at his last four cuts he's made um, at the BMW, the Northern Trust, well, it wasn't one at the BMW, but at the Northern Trust, at the Wyndham T31, he was T13 last week at the U.S. Open. I think Adam Long is, makes a ton of sense, especially in cash. He's just not going to be making a whole lot of mistakes out there, and he can score. He's 12th in the field in opportunities gained. He's fifth in birdie or better percentage. He's ninth in strokes gained on par fives. So I like that, you know, 35th off the tee, 17th in the pre- – I mean, literally all the boxes, Adam Long's checking. So I like him as well. And my fade is going to be Charles Howell the third. Just don't like him. I don't – I don't. I think he's – I wonder where their ownership's going to be with him. He's not – literally not checking any box at all. It may be par five scoring. I'll give him that. Um, but I just don't like Charles Howell this week. I don't I, – I think – He's been so up and down all year long. Um, I, I feel like he'll garner some ownership just because of his name and, you know, 
because of this field being as weak as it is. So he will be my fade. So there you go. All right. You're going to go get a refill. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think the Zalatoris play is foolish. I, I love Will Zalatoris. Listen, I think he's a talented guy. I think he deserves a spot on the PJ tour and some sort of membership that's beyond what he has now. But the Zalatoris play, even though you're getting a nice discount at 10-9, which normally we see the top price guy over 11, um, despite that, it's a foolish play. The guy, first of all, like the mental exercise that he had to, he had to go through at Wingfoot alone in New York, flies to Puerto Rico. Um, it just doesn't feel great. I know he's young, but dang, like coming up from, going from Wingfoot to this, I don't know. Um, but I, I just think the percentage play is that this guy, Will Zaltoris is getting a lot of credit. He's got like 11 straight top 20s or something on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got a win on the Corn Ferry Tour. I get it. He, he is a great player, and he, and he will be a thing on the PGA Tour. He will be. But it, it's just not worth what he has to return at the end of the day. The, the way that he returns value as the top price guy is not likely for him. And it's less likely for a guy like Will Zalatoris as it would be for a, a much bigger name in a much stronger field that you would pay the same price for. Don't think it's worth it. So I think you fade him. Um, and, and I don't think he's actually going to be all that, all that uh, unpopular. I think people are going to play him. I think people are going to like the price at 10-9, um, and they're going to play him. I, I, don't, I don't think so. So he's my fade. Uh, my cash play and, uh, and tournament play is going to be Emiliano Grillo, who has played Punta Cana before. He did okay. But Grillo's recent form, very, very solid. He checks a lot of boxes. He's great total driving off the tee, hits it long enough, hits it very, uh, very straight. The iron play has been extremely solid over the last few events. Finished third place at the 3M Open a few weeks back, 29th at the Safeway just two weeks ago. Um, I, you know, checks the box in, oh, strokes gained approach, opportunities gained, DraftKings points, greens and regulation gained all over the last 24 rounds. I think Grillo is a fantastic play at 9,800. I would like to start most of my cash lineups with him, but I'll also play him in tournaments. The other two tournament plays for me, uh, Pat mentioned, um, well, he mentioned Adam Long, which I like. I, depending on how popular he's going to be, we'll see. But I think Corey Connors is your pivot. I think Corey Connors is the pivot of the week because like Zalatoris coming from Wingfoot, unlike Zalatoris, missed the cut at Wingfoot, missed it, on the, missed it by one stroke on the final hole. Um, so ha- had, a, had a weekend to kind of take a break from Wingfoot. But arrived, arrived to Wingfoot having played – you know, pretty well with the 33rd at the BMW at Olympia Fields, 25th at the Northern Trust. You know, we've seen some great finishes in strong fields, really strong fields from Corey Connors. Great off the tee play, great iron play. It's all about the short game for him. Typically, he loses a little less than a stroke around the greens in most of his events over his career. At Wingfoot, he lost five. He could not ship out of that rough. I don't blame him. Like, a lot of people could ship out of that rough. But I like the pivot because I think a lot of people are going to play Zalatoris still, and even more are going to be playing Mackenzie Hughes and especially Sam Burns. Now, I love Sam Burns, but I think Sam Burns is going to be the chalk of the week at 
um, you know, I'll go ahead and, and put it out there. I mean, I, I don't mind betting on Sam Burns for sure. He's a little short for me in a field like this, but he's going to be very chalky in DFS. The, the lowest owned guy in this 10K range is going to be Corey Connors, but he has upside. He's a PGA Tour winner. Um, him and Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Long, Grillo, all PGA Tour winners already. And, you know, we also tend to get some intel on Corey Connors late on Wednesday night that may prove helpful for some. So if you're not already a member of the Nut Hut, you need to join the Nut Hut. By the way, shout out. We just, uh, Pat is working with fellow TJ listener Marcus Griffin. We have revamped the Nut Hut Listener League. There's a whole lot of ways that you can win a trip about this time next year. You can win a trip to come to either Augusta or Savannah, play a round of golf or two with me and Pat. We'll treat you to either my place at Champions Retreat or Pat's place at the Landings. Pat's place at the Landings hosts the Corn Ferry Tour event, beautiful spot. Champions Retreat hosts the ladies amateur event uh, that the Masters puts on, another great spot. We'll be glad to host you. There's a lot of ways to win, but you got to join the Nut Hut. $10 a month. $90 a year. Get all the intel from us late on Wednesday night. Join the Wednesday night chat. Join the chat 24-7 and talk to a lot of very sharp listeners that we have in the chat all the time. And then get the invite to the free, it's a free DraftKings private invite to Nut Hut members only. And if you win any event throughout the year, there's going to be 50, like 50 chances for you to for you to do this. If you win any Nut Hut event throughout the year, you automatically get a shot at the live final for the Northern Trust. Is it next year, Pat? Is that the tournament? It is going to be the Northern Trust, yes. We wanted it to be a cut event. We didn't want to have, like, this past year where we didn't have a cut. Well, the players, which are not players, the Tour Championship, which was just a kind of a kind of a not a great way to end it. So we wanted there to be a, a cut event and to have it kind of like a live final where the winner of that just won it. So there it's going to be, it's, I think we've, we've got it. I think we've got it pretty good here. Like he said, yeah. if you win any, any of the nut hut weekly events, you're entered into the live final. And then we're also going to, we, we've got it segmented out into quarters. So there's going to be four different segments. If you win a segment, you also get an entry into the, uh, into the live final. And if for some reason you win multiple weeks, uh, which could happen if you win multiple weeks of the of the league or multiple segments, which I can't imagine. If you do that, that's just really or like you win a week and a segment. Yeah, you're going to get extra points when it comes to the final, uh, you know, live event. You might nice. say, so you will have a, a better chance to win that week. So it's going to be fun. I, I think it's a, a way better. It's just it, and we also want to keep everybody involved throughout the year even our new our new listeners our new nut hut members all that kind of stuff it gives everybody a chance to kind of stay involved with the league so i'm looking forward to it by the way who won this past week yeah this past week it was i don't know how to say this name the DraftKings handle was j copes j k o e p s so shout out to you sir you have already won an entry into the live final event for the Northern Trust next year to earn a chance to come play some golf with me and Pat and have a great time. Uh, looking forward to that. So join join the Nut Hut. Join us. It's a lot of fun. It's $10 a month. It's like literally nothing. So uh, go to tourjunkies.com, click on Golby's Nut Hut, and join today. 
but I bet we're going to have some information on Corey Connors come Wednesday. So all that could change in other words, based on our, based on our information. Uh, but I like Corey so Connors. I stepped uh, out when we, when I know you were talking about with our, our boy, Willie Z mm-hmm. Zalatoris, and I, mm-hmm. I know you, you were fading him and you, I heard, I, I kind of, it was, it was coming in and out of the, the AirPods mm-hmm. here of what you were saying, but did you think ownership is going to be high on him? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I bet I'll he's, be interested to see where it is. I mean, I bet he's like 17% or higher. So it's not like super chalk, but it's, yeah. it's enough. Um, so Grillo, uh, Corey Connors, and um, I, I'm going to go – yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna agree with you on Adam Long. Those are my three tournament plays. For all the reasons you said. All right, let's go to the 8K range. I like this range a good bit. Uh, I'll start it. I'll start it. I'm gonna go with right off the right off the right off the top. I think Charlie Hoffman is gonna give you some ownership leverage. Mm. I feel like I feel like he's gonna give you some leverage. This is a weird event for Charlie Hoffman to play in. Normally doesn't have to play in tournaments like this. But with the new year starting, he's, he's got to do some things to keep status on the PGA Tour. And over the last 24 rounds, he is top 15 in the last 24 rounds. Sorry, let's go top 16, okay? Top 16 in the last 24 rounds. He is top 16 in strokes gained approach, strokes gained on par fives, DraftKings points scored, opportunities gained, Birdie or better's gained, and greens and regulation gained. Now, some of those stats are related, but he's top 16 in all those. Like, he doesn't hit it very far, but he, he's okay. He doesn't hit it very straight, but these are wide fairways. You know, I, I think that's it. I think Charlie Hoffman at 8,900 is going to be a quite overlooked play. And we know he has win equity. I think he still has win equity in a field like this for sure. Proven winner on the tour. I think he's got it. And then I'm going to go with, uh, Adam Schink in tournaments. I like Adam Schink. Checking a lot of boxes. Played here twice. T33, T35 in his two outings here at uh, Corrales, Punta Cana. Um, let's see. Recent form. Made the cut at the Safeway. Northern Trust, 39th. Wyndham made the cut. He's made, he's made a lot of cuts. You know, best finish was a 30th at the Rocket Mortgage since the restart but he's a cut maker and now you come to an oh, he's easier a cut tournament. machine i mean yeah. he makes a ton of cuts he does he plays a lot of golf makes a ton of cuts so i like i like shink um and then for cash i'm gonna go luke list i like luke list all the way around in any contest i like him i think he gives you a ton of win equity i think luke list is um you know honestly and i know vegas doesn't agree with this but personally i give you know, Willie Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris, no better chance to win this golf tournament than Luke List. That's why I can't play him. I can't play him at 10-9. If I can look at a player like Luke List and think, there's there's no, there's no nothing to me that separate that, that makes Willie, Will Zalatoris, I'm going to keep calling him Willie, his name's Will. That's going to that's gonna cause Will to win this more so than potentially Luke, Luke List. I, I just, I think they, I think they have the same upside, honestly. So I'll play List all day long. Uh, Shink is, or I'm sorry, List is cash. The, the fade is, the fade is Ju Young Kim, uh, Ju Young Kim, the South Korean 18 year old phenom. I know he's really good. I know he's a great amateur. Oh, wow. $8,200 in this field is, is dumb. It, it's similar to the Wills Alatoris. It's hype and it's, 
um, a really good young player that will be good. And I, listen, I'm all for getting in on people, you know, early, right? Like that's, that's, that's fun. You get on them early when they're cheap, but he's not really cheap. Like 8,200 in this field is not, is not cheap. So don't buy the Ju Young Kim hype. I know, I know he, he, you know, he's a whatever, he's a good player, but $8,200 is not, I don't, you don't do that with the names that are surrounding him. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying it. So there you go. So GPP, I'm going Hoffman and Shink Cash is list. Fade is Ju Young Kim. I mean, I think if you're comparing, you know, the 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 height of Kim to Zalatoris is totally different. I mean, Zalatoris has proven it like constantly all season long on the Corn Ferry Tour and then at the U.S. Open. Yeah, know? no, no, I, I I didn't mean to compare it that way. I guess I'm just both have hype. I'm not not that either one of them. It's not the same level of hype, but both are getting a little chatter. Yeah, I guess. What I'm saying. I, Will I Will, Will is getting a lot more and deservedly so. So there is some agreement here. I had Luke List actually as a GPP play. Um, and if, I, if I'm correct, he did win a Corn Ferry Tour event, didn't he, this year? Didn't he play in a Corn Ferry Tour event and, and, and win it? Who you talking about? Luke List. Yes, he did. So, I mean, he's a guy that's played, you know, like in a weaker field, he's done extremely well, which is like and, – and he's even – but he's got a ton of tour experience. So I, I, I like him as a tournament play. I could see why you'd play him in cash. My cash was actually Adam Schink. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess you could flip-flop him for both of us. I mean, Schink is just, like I said, he's a cut maker. I like that price at 8500 so I'm with you there. My other GPP play is – I'm going to screw this up. I knew it. I knew I was going to mess the name up, but Zinzun Zhang. Oh, yeah, Zinzun Zhang. I like Zinzun Zhang at 8400 I think he is a good play this week was uh you know 14th last week at the Safeway Open. If you look at the stats, he is um he's checking the box off the tee, 16th in the field, checks the box in birdie or better percentage and par 5 scoring. I think he's got a good shot to have a really good week. I like that price at 8400, so he's another guy I will play in tournaments. And then my fade at 8000 is going to be Mr. Patrick Rogers. I'm going to fade him. I think he's going to be too gonna highly on this Rogers. week. That's hard for you. You okay? It is very hard. And the only, But the only box he checks is off the tee. He is 108th in the field in approach, 116th in opportunities gained, 82nd in birdie or better percentage, 84th in par 5 scoring. He's really just not doing you know anything that I feel like you need to do as far as scoring is concerned great, you know, lately. For this week and his finishes on tour i mean yes he's made his last three or four cuts but he's not doing anything i mean he's, you know, he's making the cut and he's finishing t46 70th t66 i feel like he's going to have a little bit higher ownership than you you know because he is patrick rogers and you know i love him i'm a, I'm a big fan of him but i'm a little worried about where that ownership is going to be at 8,000. so he will be my fade this week uh, for the YouTube viewers out there, Marcus Smiklovich, our, our resident uh, hack Photoshopper, has already done a great uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on the on the brain villain uh, with Shredder presenting the U.S. Open trophy. I mean, that is just beautiful. That's a that's a fantastic job for the YouTube viewers. Look at that. Way to go, Marcus. Way to Good go. job, buddy. All right. 
7K, by the way, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, what, this is going to be the longest podcast in the world. It may be. Uh, but we're just going to go through the DFS picks and then the sports book uh, kind of first look, and then that's it. No final segment tonight. We're moving on. 7K and above, three tournament plays, a cash play, and a fade. Pat, I will let you start this one. All right. So I am going to start at 7,600. And I'm throwing out a – you know, this is – I told you before the show that I was going to kind of try to be a little bit different and not just throw out some of the same old names that you hear because there's a lot of guys that might pop, you know, Jonathan Vegas, Keith Mitchell, blah, 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 in the 7K range. But I'm going with Rob Oppenheim at 7,600. I like him this week. You look at the stats, you know, he's pretty level across the board when it comes to the scoring stats. He's, you know, right in the top third of the field. Um, but he has played this course be- before. Um, it's so hard to click his his name. Just I see his name, is, and I'm like Rob. It, it sounds like you're who am clicking I even on selecting? a attorney, like a yeah. or a, a dentist, TV. really, Doctor Oppenheim. That sounds like a dentist. He does he does fillings and root canals. Yeah. Anyway, played this tournament two years ago and finished 35th. Um, you know, I just think I, I think he's I don't know he's in good form. Um, you look at good his player. last few, yeah, good putter. Look at his last few events. He finished T36 at the Safeway. He was T15 at the Wyndham Championship. So that's a good top 15 finish in a very solid field. So I like Rob Oppenheim at 7,600. Another guy I looked at at 7,400 was Mr. Cameron Percy. I think he Ooh. is a good play this week. Uh, he's played hmm. – uh, you look at his last event, he was 23rd at the Safeway Open. You look – you kind of like a puzzled look on your face there. Yeah, I mean, okay. You don't I mean, like Mr. Cameron Percy? You don't like Mr. Percy? No. But, I mean, okay, I, I like that you're giving the people, you know, some, something something to think about. You know? Just something to think about. I think Cameron Percy could have a good week. Fourth in the field, by the way, in strokes gained approach. 26 in opportunities gained. And he is in the top 20 in par five scoring. So I think Cameron Percy could, could you know, have a potential to uh, score a little bit this week and give you a chance in those GPPs. And then the other guy I'm going with is a guy that pretty much, you know, there was a lot of talk about him going into the Safeway and then he missed the cut. But that is Chris Baker at 7,500. I'm back on Chris Baker Damn this you. week. I think he can be a good play. Um, you know, for all the same reasons that we liked him at the Safeway, I'm liking him again this week. You know, checks a lot of boxes. You know, he had some form going into the Safeway before he missed the cut. So I like him at 7,500. My cash play is going to be Will Gordon at 7,600. I think he's a good play. Just look, that guy, and the starts that he's had, he's done the best with them. He's had 11 starts on the PGA Tour. He's made seven cuts. Checks a box when it comes to the stats. I mean, he's just a he's a stud, just like Will Zalatoris is a stud right now. When you look at the web.com, you know, Will Gordon, the other Will, could easily do the same thing and has that win upside as well. So I think he is a good play. You can play him in tournaments or cash, but I do like him in cash. And then my fade, this is pretty easy. Graham McDowell. Look, he caught fire last year in this tournament, but other than that, he's been awful. I mean, he's missed like five or six yeah. straight cuts, doesn't check any boxes here. I just – I don't think, you know, you can look at the the past champ and say that there's any really good reason to play Graham McDowell this week. 
especially at 7,800. I think it could be way cheaper than that. So there you go. That is my 7K range. Well, I'm definitely eating some chalk in the 7K because I, I think that Will Gordon and Chris Baker, two guys you mentioned who I love, are going to be popular. Will Gordon, for me, is a tournament play, um, gives you all the upside you want, hits it a mile. You're talking about DraftKings points scored, birdie or better. He, he's going to rank very highly in, in those categories over the last 24 rounds. Chris Baker, very accurate. Tita Green does not get himself in a lot of trouble. I have mistaken him for Christian Bezenhut, uh, which Marcus Miklovich helped me discover. He is, in fact, not him, and he is from Indiana. He is an American. So this is the first podcast I get to pick Chris, and I get his nationality correct. Uh, so American Chris Baker from Indiana, God bless your soul. Um, I'm a big fan. A big fan of Chris Baker this week. I think it's a great spot for him. I will play him, and he is my cash play, but I also like him in tournaments. Um, you know, if I'm going to give you – let me give you a name that I don't think is going to be uh, super popular. But uh, you know, in a in a in an olden day, maybe he maybe he would have, and that is Mr. Kevin Chapel. I'm gonna get on the Chappy the Chappy bus. Um, you know, I mean, think about Kevin Chapel, right? Like a couple years ago, we were doing this. He was a great ball striker, cash play, solid player. Um, I believe winner on the PJ Tour. I, be, I believe he's won on yeah, tour before. He's been injured. Um, he's, he, yeah, he's on a medical exemption. He's had some, he's had some injury problems. Yeah. He won the Valero Texas open in 2017. Um, so yeah, PJ tour winner, president's cup player, you know, I mean, Kevin Chapel was a stud. We, we've seen him play a, a few events since the restart, uh, came out his very first event at the RBC heritage, missed the cut, made all three cuts after that, but no real solid finishes. 56th at the Safeway was his last outing. But I mean, you know, every start is valuable for Kevin Chappell, especially now that the, the, you know, everything's kind of reset and this PGA tour year is what's, is what starts it, right? Like you got to finish in the top 125 Now you don't just keep your card. He's got to get a certain amount of points on this medical exemption. No better place than a weak field, typically alternate event for a guy that's got, you know, a lot of a lot of talent. He just had an injury issue. His caddy is uh, is is experienced. He's got a great caddy on the bag now. His old caddy went to Max Homa, but the new one's just as just as experienced. Can't remember his name. Um, but I think Chapel's going to give you a little bit of ownership leverage and potential top ten, top five upside. Could win this well, thing. He can, like he can, he can score healthy, too. We yeah, saw he, him. Sh he shot fifty nine in the last fall at, at the Greenbrier. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, so. That's that's good. So I think Chapel may give you some some value. My fade. All right. So so Baker's my cash play. Um, my fade in here is going to be a guy that I think his last time out, you know, at least had a few good rounds. You know, he finished ninth at the Safeway. James Hahn. He putted the lights out at the Safeway. He gained five strokes, almost five strokes putting. That normally does not happen. He, James Hahn is a guy that plays really well at the courses James Hahn historically plays well at, but he's never played here before. He's never, never had to play here before. I think he's going to check some boxes for people, but I, I think you need to stay away. It, it's just, he plays well at Riviera. He plays well, at, you know, certain courses, especially West coast courses, um, POA green surfaces. He does well there. I don't think this is a place for James Hahn. So that's it for me. Uh, let's talk 6K range. 
some flyers here in the 6K. I'm going to go with uh, uh, I'm going to go with the bomber, California kid, Brandon Hagee. Oh my God, did you hear that? Did you hear that? No, I did not. Dude, I'm pretty sure my smoke detector just beeps. You know when that thing chirps? Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Figure yeah. out which one it is in the house. I mean, this one, thankfully, in this room, I know what it is. But if that thing be, uh, we're we're in trouble. Um, I'm gonna go with, uh, yeah, Brandon Hagee, California guy, bombs it, hits it a long way, can take advantage of the par fives, like him. Um, let's see, big fan of the Swafficer, Hudson Swafford here. I really like Swafford here. Good total driving guy, not super long. You know, just good, solid ball striker. Um, Ken Flash, you know, I mean, in the spring before before COVID, ninth at the Waste Management, 21st at the Honda. Hasn't done anything really since the restart. But I like Swafford at a mere $6,700. Uh, I'll take that. I um, Martin Laird kind of popped for me, checking some boxes oh, wow. at 6600 Okay. And finally, let me go way down here. Let's see, 6,500, a guy who checks a lot of boxes over the last 24 rounds, especially for a guy as cheap as he is. Finished 14th at the Safeway, 26th at the three going. Open. I know where you're going. Michael Glickick. Glickick. Yes. Glickick. A Glickick goo goo. Glickick. Glickick. Michael Glickick is checking boxes, taking names over the last 24 rounds. So I'll go with him. That's it for me. Okay, well, he was one of my GPP plays down here in the 6K range, so we can go ahead and get that out of the way. Very Another nice. guy that I like is Scott Brown at 6,900. Now, there's a little bit of a local feel to that because I, you know, he's he's a local guy that to us that we've we've uh, interviewed on the pod before, but he's had success in in terms like you know you look at what he won the Puerto Rico Open several years ago. That's uh, on this Paspalum surface grass, so he had success there. Um, you look at the stats, it's actually uh, pretty decent here. I mean, he's 21st off the tee, uh, 44th in opportunities gained, you know, 25th in par five scoring. So I think Scott Brown could kind of sneak up out of here in the hmm. 6K range and have a good week. I like that. Uh, I like Grayson Murray at 6,400. I, I think he's a, he's a guy that you might even could look at like a first-round leader bet. Um, the guy's a scorer. He doesn't like – he doesn't – you know, I feel like he's just such an aggressive player um, that he's not necessarily going to be that guy that could be, you know, you can rely on to be a cut maker, but I like him to score. I mean, he's 25th off the tee. He's first in birdie or better percentage. He's first in par five scoring. I mean, he's a guy that I just feel like you could see, you know, pop um, for, for, for whatever reason. But I, I just – I like Grayson Murray this week at 6,400. So there you go. Yeah, I did notice on Instagram he's already pissing and moaning about $40 room service. So, and it Look, was like a salad. Regardless of his personality, which you, you can take or leave, I mean, yeah. he's like the opposite yeah. of Bryson, if we want to talk about but you know, personalities. I mean, he's he, he has – when I say opposite, I mean like – I don't know what I mean. He's just the opposite. I just feel like they're way total lot. Like if you put Bryson DeChambeau and Grayson Murray in a room together, oh god, the fight and everything that would ensue might be yeah. like pay per view worthy. Yeah, because like um, Grayson would probably have like 
like like you put them in a room. Let's just say we put them in a room. Like Grayson's probably got like all this alcohol and crap with him and whatever else. Oh yeah. And like, Bryce, like and, chugging his his organ. And Bryson's on the other side of the room with a bunch of like weightlifting equipment and some protein shakes and stuff. And like then you like you tell them you're like all right y'all have to converse. Y'all got to talk about stuff. Like that would probably be a pretty interesting show. Yeah, Bryson's like super smart. Grayson is a Neanderthal, pretty much. So that probably would not go over very well. Um, lovely, love. Let's talk a little betting, a little sports betting. Some D, uh, you know, DFS is out of the way. Let's talk some sports betting real quick. Taking a look at some numbers, man. I've already noticed a major drop. I mean, Will Gordon um, at like. 10 I don't know what I don't know what time that was like 10 30 10 45 this morning was 90 to 1 on DraftKings and by 10 35 or five minutes after the actual time that I can't remember he dropped a 66 to 1 um I think some of these names are are going to get shorter as we've seen kind of happen over the last few weeks so let's uh let's take a look at this over on DraftKings Sportsbook and points bet just kind of looking at some numbers here. What I find interesting is since this morning, guess who is favored on DraftKings to win this golf tournament? Corey Connors. Interesting. Corey Connors now same odds to win as Will Zalatoris. That was not the case this morning. Interesting that I just said a pivot play from Will Zalatoris should, should be Corey Connors. So, Somebody is with me here. I, I think that there's equal or greater winning upside for Corey Connors and Will Zalatoris, but I think that's an interesting line move there. Um, I mean, in a field like this, you guys know me. This is my this is my my bread and butter. I I don't want to bet short numbers here because you know Bryce Garnett, Graham McDowell probably wasn't you know a great number when he won. Uh, this is definitely a spot where a first time winner or a long shot can sneak up and get hot and win. So I'm not going to have a whole lot on it. Luke Liss has gone from 50 to one or no, actually let's see. He was on, let's see what he was at. Are you, do you have points bet pulled up? He's a 40 to one on DraftKings. He's, he's, he's a name. He's a name that I start looking at. Okay. He's, he's a 40, 40, now he's on 40 to one on points bet. He was 50 yeah. to one on points bet. So he's gotten shorter. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I would start there for me personally. Are you going to start any shorter than that? I think the shortest I might look at would be um, you mentioned him as one of your tournament plays uh, is Emiliano Grio at 28 to one on DraftKings. I think that is a, a pretty good number for him. I didn't look at him on points bet, but yeah, he's 25 to one on points bet. So 25. I, I think that's probably the shortest guy I would look at as far as bets are concerned. Other than that, I'm going to be a little bit longer um, and you know, a guy that we didn't mention on the show that I think um, I just don't like on DFS because I won, I think his ownership might be too too high. But I like Henrik Norlander. I think to bet on him, I think he's a good bet. He's 40 to 1 on points bet. He is – where is he on? There he is. He is 45 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I think he's a guy that I might – like. I, I just there are some guys that I like to play in DFS or and then if I don't play them in DFS I'm going to play them on you know as far as a an outright I, he's one of those this week for me Henrik Norlander yeah so I'm 
Yeah, I'm not betting anything shorter than 40. I mentioned Luke List has gone from 50 to 40 on, on points bet. He's at 40 on DraftKings as well. I'll take that. Uh, Sepp Straka is 40 to 1 on points bet, 33 to 1 on DraftKings. So grab him. We didn't talk about Sepp, but he fits the profile here as well. Uh, long hitter, can take advantage of the par fives, plenty of distance, plenty of good form, has popped. Very talented player out of Georgia. So I think uh, I think Straka at 40 to 1 on points bet, I'm willing to reach at or, or reach for. You know, you mentioned Zinju. Zinju Zhang is, how come I can't say his name without doing all that? He's 50 to 1 on DK. Um, I think that's the same, same thing on points bet. I think that's an interesting number. And then where's, uh, where's Johnny Vegas? I was looking at Johnny V. So Johnny has dropped significantly. He's gotten shorter. He was 66 to 1 this morning on points bet. He's 50 to 1 now and 45 to 1 on DK. That line is, is getting shorter which should indicate a little bit of love coming in on Johnny Vegas. Um, definitely another long player that, that can score. Um, what about Shank? We both talked about Shank, I and mean, we see him as a cut maker. I don't know about – he's 40-1 to 1 on points bet. That's the best number for him. I don't know. I feel I'm, like that's still a little too I, – I, I, I mean, he could win. I just don't know. Um, yeah. I tell you a guy that I, I like, and I, I know this is this is just going to sound like a homer pick, but a guy who had some troubles and he's got you know he could be almost like the Brendan Todd of the fall um, of last year. You know we saw what Brendan Todd did, and then he got himself together, and then it, now it was totally different circumstances for Brendan Todd. It was a game, whereas for this guy it was more personal life. But Chris Kirk at eighty to one, I, I think that's interesting. You know we saw him play in a web or several corn fairy tour events he won one of them and just scored a ton of birdies just had a ton of birdies and he's a guy he's kind of gotten his life back together he was very public you know that he was suffering from um alcoholism and things like that so i think that um you know 80 to 1 i think that's a pretty good number for a guy who has shown on tour in the past that he can win and you know play well consistently I like that number for him. I think that's good for Chris Kirk. So I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that number. Same with um, Keith Mitchell at eighty to one. Yeah, Mitchell's another eighty to one. I was just about to bring up Mitchell. We didn't talk about him in the DFS section. I, I think this is an interesting spot for him. He's definitely been very up and down lately. But uh, from a from a what he does well perspective, you know, this is a great place for him. Hits it a long way uses his length, takes advantage of the par fives, can get hot with a putter. Um, one at the Honda, very, very strong field, difficult golf course a couple years ago, uh, but just been up and down. But I love the upside and the, the, the real true winning upside at 80 to one um, for Mitchell on DraftKings. I, I put him in that Gordon, that Will Gordon category of player. Uh, hits it a long way, can take advantage of the par fives and, and is aggressive. So, uh, our boy Chris Baker. I wanted to look up him since we talked about him at, at length. Where's he at right now? Let's see. Man, he has gotten a lot shorter as well. So I looked this morning, pretty big line movement getting shorter from Gordon and Baker. He was 90 to 1. Let's see. That was on points bet. Where is he now on points bet? He's 66 on DK, I think. Um, 
Yeah, so, oh, he's, he's so actually uh, still at very confusing looking back and forth on these different. He's still at ninety points. to one on points bet. So I mean, if you want a little action on Chris Baker and you're in Jersey or Illinois, ninety to one on points bet, sixty six to one on DK. Um, getting into the much longer shots, the triple digits. Um, you know, Peter Uline is a name that I looked at. You know, once once a revered, you know, good player, young player. I think of, I think he played on a Ryder Cup team. <coughs> um, or present. I think. Excuse Peter me. Uline, he did not play on the Ryder. Play on a Ryder. I'm thinking of, I always get him and Thomas Peters confused for some reason. I was about to say you're thinking of Thomas Peters. Uh, Uline is 125 to one. I like that. Um, Scott Harrington, 150 to one. Scott Harrington hits it a mile. Dominated the Corn Ferry when he was on it. Won a you know won a tournament, had a bunch of high finishes. Um, one fifty one for him. And then I mentioned him in the DFS section. I love some Hudson Swafford. He's one hundred fifty to one on points bet as well. Great total driver. Has had some good finishes here lately. Um, good iron player. Controls his ball. I don't. I, I like. I like the Swafficer. Those are. That's probably it for my outrights. Let me ask you about a guy who who, who kind of pops a little bit from a DFS standpoint, only because um, he's finished well in, in the past here. But he played well last week. Now I can't find where he did last week. Hang on. Talk amongst yourself. Hmm. For a, so. Great radio here. Okay, never mind. I can't figure. Jeez, it out. now we're all just ha- now we're all just hanging. Who could it have been? Oh, so yes, DJ Trahan was top fifteen last week at the Safeway Open. He's a hundred and fifty to one this week. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I, I, he like, did. He did come up for me. Like, do you think you throw a little, a few shinkles on that? I don't know. Shinkles? Are you like Adam Shink or Shekels? What are you talking about? Shekels, Shinkles. I don't know. Um, it's a Corrales Championship. What's his top twenty? DJ Trahan. What's like his top twenty number? Like, I'd feel his, better about that. That's DA points. His top twenty know. number is on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, five, five plus five fifty. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that's that. too that's too short for me. Yeah. Uh, I do a couple of top twenties that I think are interesting. Kelly Craft is a top twenty bet at ten to one. He's got two top fives at this tournament in his in both attempts, and he's on a medical exemption as well. So um, I think he played the Safeway. I'm pretty sure he played the Safeway. I don't have it in front of me and missed the cut. Uh, but that was his first event back in a while, if I remember correctly. Am I seeing this right? Let's see. Yeah, played the Safeway. That was his first event back after a, after a while. He's got a medical thing, kind of like Kevin Chapel. You know, I got to feel like the Safeway is knocking the rust off. But two top fives at this golf tournament, Kelly Craft, you know, 10 to 1 is a top 20. That's a little bit longer of a number for, uh, you know, for a top 20 bet. And then at 12 to 1, top 20, Sean Stephanie um, has played here twice, finished 44th mm. and 13th. You know, are you sure that's not Stefani? 
whatever. I, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Who gives a rip? It's the Sean st- whatever is what he is. He can take advantage of a really Sean weak field like this. So 12 to 1. 12, 12 to 1. Top 20. Take it. Take it. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out too. I have nothing else as far as the bets are concerned. For the Corrales Championship, what an amazing podcast for such a uh, weak field event. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, thank God for the U.S. Open recap. Uh, it's, it's already gone way too long. We, we did this way too long. So, anyway, let's, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up if you're watching it. Uh, subscribe to the channel over on YouTube, Tour Junkies. We put out, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, check it out. We appreciate it. May your screens be green for the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. See ya. Out.